The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. We are having on another local, well, another Austinite. I know not all of you guys are from here, but um, we're having on another Austinite on the show today. So I wanted to also tell you guys about an event we're having here in Austin. Uh, it is a live podcast event where I'll be interviewing special guests Neil Dumra and Ash Sumita at Third Eye Lounge, and we'll be talking about the topics of grounding integrating and sexual healing we'll be kicking off with a cacao ceremony and then i'll be interviewing them and then we'll do some guided somatic practices and close with an ecstatic dance 20 percent of proceeds as well as an amazing silent auction all types of awesome items will be benefiting operation underground railroad which is a nonprofit that is very dear to my heart their mission is to stop sex trafficking. It's Tim Billiard's nonprofit. If you haven't heard of it, look it up. I've done a couple of things with them in the past to raise money, and I have a big goal of raising a few thousand for them through this event. It's Saturday, August 28th, 6.30 to 9.30. Again, it's here in Austin at Third Eye Lounge. And you can get tickets at Third Eye Meditation Lounge. It's a three and a third. Um, instead of spelling it out. So that's thirdeyemeditationlounge.com slash r dash classes. And I will put that link in the show notes. I would love for you guys to join us there. Uh, you know, on my previous podcast, The Magic Hour, I held three really amazing events and I loved meeting our listeners in person. I loved the connection that happened and they're by far some of my favorite memories in life. So I can't wait to do this this next one to meet you guys and uh, to raise money for such an important cause. All right. So now with our guest, 
Do you ever feel like you are losing focus and can't find the energy to do what needs to be done? Well, today we are having on an inner peace coach and healer, author, dynamic speaker, empowerment coach, and a breathwork facilitator who is going to talk to us about his laser focus method and ways to best utilize our energy. He helps men and women understand and heal aches, pains, and injuries in order to experience more joy, love, and creativity. He also helps people conquer anxiety and subconscious blocks to manifesting their dream life with ease. His desire to do this work started after sustaining a devastating back injury while snowboarding, and instead of the doctor's recommendations to have spinal surgery, he began a self-healing journey. He combined ancient healing practices and Eastern philosophy with modern day science and neurokinetic therapy to allow for optimal healing and wellness. He offers powerful and playful practices for moving through fear, releasing resistance and stress to activate your zone of genius and build the confidence to share your greatest gifts. His path from tragedy to triumph and extensive training in the healing arts has allowed him to offer a series of high-level upgrades to unlock human potential. Please help me welcome Charles Clay to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hey, happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited. So I'd like to start with hearing a little bit about your story and what brought you to working in the areas of healing that we're going to go into today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so many initiations in this self-healing journey. Where to begin? <laughs> um, you know, one of the biggest ones uh, about a decade ago was um, the most extreme physical pain I've ever experienced. Um, unlocked some amazing gifts, and uh, and so I, I guess we could begin there. Okay. I graduated from Washington State University back in 2001 with my degree in kinesiology, became a trainer and um, helped change the world with health and fitness and uh, became a health coach. And then we were on a mountain with a couple friends, uh, Mammoth Mountain, and it was a full on blizzard. Like you couldn't see anything but white and like a blur of a tree or your friend here and there. And so we, uh, you know, the lifts were shut down. It was so dangerous up there that they stopped the lifts, but we were already at the top. So we went flying down this mountain and we're just staying low, having fun. And then halfway down, my friends went ahead of me. And all of a sudden I took a jump that I didn't know was there. And I'll never forget that feeling of being in midair and not knowing where the landing was. And so it was just this like, intense impact and it felt like a lightning bolt hit me in the low back Mm. and smashed my s1 l5 um just extreme excruciating back pain and then here i am on this mountain yelling to my friends hoping that they can hear me but they're already heading down i looked at my phone my phone's dead so i had to just channel my inner Spartan warrior and figure out a way to get down this mountain. And I had to click my board off and like sit on it and slide down as far as I could. And then just kind of keel over and breathe into the pain. And uh, eventually I made it down. 
and didn't have to build an igloo at least. <laughs> but, um, then I went and saw these doctors because um, I was so in pain and out of alignment and they shared x-rays and said that I needed surgery, maybe multiple surgeries um, as soon as possible and that I might never move the same again. And so that for someone that really appreciates the greatest technology on the planet, these human bodies mm -hmm. um, was really hard news to take. And, and so even in that fear state, I was able to access my intuition and just make a deal with myself. Like I am going to try every means necessary of healing this naturally instead of giving my power to, you know, these surgeons and letting them cut into my body and, and go in that route. And so I was really glad I, I chose that and made that decision. Um, you know, fast forward, I could barely crawl to the bathroom, but I was able to sit in meditation and set the intention of receiving all answers to healing this naturally. Mm -hmm. And during that meditation, a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in like two years texted me during the meditation and said, hey, I know you're in a lot of pain. I heard about your back injury. Check out neurokinetic therapy. And so this took me down the rabbit hole to discover the work of David Weinstock and just really powerful ways of getting answers from the body through muscle testing um, to find where the root compensation patterns are, uh, muscles that aren't firing. And I just geeked out on this stuff and knew that I had to get a session. And so within my first session of NKT, I walked in, you know, looked like kind of like hunchback of Notre Dame slash Shakira with my hip yeah. over to the left, my upper body to the mm. right, you know, like stuck in a mid Shakira <laughs> move. <laughs> I was a mess. And that was representative of how out of alignment I was with my purpose at that time, because here I was mm. teaching health and wellness and, and fitness. And yet on the weekends I was going out and partying and sex, drugs, and rock and roll and, and trying not to feel a lot of heavy emotions. And so mm. I had to surrender to all those feelings. And, and then that helped me find this path to NKT, which in one session, I was blown away. She was testing muscle groups, found that my glutes weren't firing. And I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes. And uh, she had a good sense of humor. She's like, yep, all form, no function. And um, she had me clench my jaw. And all of a sudden, when she tested again, the glutes were firing. And so my body had just showed us that my jaw was compensating for the big guns. And the neurological signal was, was getting blocked there and wasn't making it to those muscle groups that help stabilize the lower spine. So she found a couple other compensation patterns like that that we corrected. And I got off the table and I was like, oh my gosh, I can stand up straight again. I can move. Wow. Like, I just gave her a big hug and I had this epiphany in that moment. I knew that this was my path and that I had to learn this and, and share it with others. And so um, that was a big awakening. And I uh, went on to study um, with David Weinstock and all his courses, became a neurokinetic therapist and totally elevated my my practice and uh, my training and my and connecting so many dots for me and getting to help others understand the root of their pain and how to clear it. And so uh, it's been it's been quite a journey. That was the first uh, of many initiations. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's interesting. I went to college for kinesiology as well. One of my other favorite um, coaches went to college for kinesiology and um, that are, you know, also now in the spiritual development. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, even at that young age where we were trying to decide what we wanted to do with our lives, we knew that we wanted to help people be their better selves. We didn't know that it was their higher selves or it was a growth path internally, but we knew basically like that that's what we wanted to do is like to help people feel better and to treat themselves better. And, you know, you said 2001, I went to college in 2003. So back then this whole like other part of coaching didn't really exist yet. We didn't have the, I think at that time too, Facebook was only for college students. So we didn't have this like social media forum where people were talking about, you know, all these other theories and inner child wounding and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So um, it's interesting that we had that inner knowing and in our heads, it was like, well, we'll help them get in shape, you know, <laughs> and it started there. Um, yeah. And also yeah. how it's all connected, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it has to start somewhere. And, and then the further we get from that path of our dharma, of our purpose, of um, the gifts, the God-given gifts that we have to share in this life, then it gets more and more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's like the, you know, it's almost like the universe will give you a little feather. Uh, hey, you might want to make some shifts and come back mm -hmm. into alignment here. And uh, if we don't listen to that, and then it's like getting hit in the head with a brick, you know, which might be like a really bad hangover or, mm -hmm. or dealing with some consequences of bad decisions. And, and then maybe and, you um, that. and then we're like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to make some changes. Like I'm going to shift this. And then, and then sometimes we fall back into our old patterns and, mm -hmm. and it gets uh, frustrating. And then um, sometimes it takes like a Mack truck or, or falling off a cliff like I did yeah. to, to really like break us open and understand the the lessons and the blessings in it and mm -hmm. and open up these even greater gifts um, mm -hmm. and so my my story's been of from from pain to purpose and understanding that pain is actually a, a very strong um, indicator check engine light um, mm -hmm. with our body that's actually happening for us to prevent us from a major breakdown and it's a catalyst for change so yeah. when we pay attention to it and when we can begin to understand and listen to the intelligence of the body and and see what is needed what type of change then when we honor that it's like we can come back into alignment in a in a nice easy way where we can just listen to the feathers you know that's my mm -hmm. choice now yeah. <laughs> after learning the hard way yeah and um and and yet some we get to choose that path you know so mm -hmm. it's beautiful yeah, and you brought up muscle testing. Um, I went to uh, the Czech Institute to be a holistic um, life coach practitioner, mm -hmm. and the muscle testing taught there is where you but like kind of you'll hold you know your finger and see how it resists when you say, um, "Should I have carbs today?" Or uh, yeah. but you'll start off with knowing the truth. Like my name is Jade Bryce, and you'll see how your finger responds. My age is 36. See how your finger responds. And then you'll say a lie. And basically, if you have a relationship with your body that you actually listen to your body. So if this doesn't work for you, it's typically because you you aren't listening to your body. And so there's this like trust that needs to be built there or um, 
there may be some other blockages that you may be able to go into as well. But basically, when you find out what the response is when you say something true, then you're able to ask other things like, it serves me best to go on this girl's trip this weekend, or I'm going to have black rice for dinner, whatever it is. And then, you know, whatever the response is, you know, if it's a yes or a no, because you know which response you'll get um, based off of true, a true or a false statement. So is that basically the same method that was used in the program you talked about? Similar. So that is an amazing tool that saved me a lot of money and helped me understand like what foods are good for me at what times and um, what not to have mm -hmm. and, and what to have at certain time. I, I ended up muscle testing like a ton of supplements when I was so big on like getting all the latest and greatest supplements to mm -hmm. optimize human performance. And, and then I muscle tested and more than half of them actually were made me weak. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wow. I wasted all this money and that helped me, you know, when I go to the store or supplement store and like, do I really need this? And the more you practice that um, self muscle testing, the better you get at that relationship with your body kind of getting out of the mind and into mm -hmm. the heart and the, and the body's intelligence and allowing it to answer. And, um, and so just like your, you can muscle test, you know, your finger muscles mm -hmm. or, um, you know, you can sway back and forth. Yeah. NKT is a little bit more specific with, um, you know, it's muscle testing any, you can muscle test any muscle group, right? And so based on where um, people's pain is showing up, so I'll give you, I'll give you a really common example that I think a lot of people can relate with, um, especially as entrepreneurs, 80, 85, 90% of my clients that some of them fly all the way out from Australia to see me for NKT sessions and these mind body tune-ups. And they often find that they're, when I test their intrinsic core muscles, like their six packs usually firing strong, that's the, the outer lying muscles, but the transverse abdominis, which is the deep core muscles, which is essentially like your uh, weight belt for your spine. And those should be firing milliseconds before we do any moves to help stabilize your spine. And so if those aren't firing, oftentimes all it takes is like bending down to pick up a pencil or something and you could throw out your back. And so when people come see me for back pain, that's usually the first place I'll test is those deep core muscles. And oftentimes they're offline, not getting a good signal. And so they're unable to stabilize their spine well. And the culprit usually like, so many times I see this is again the jaw and so I have them clench their jaw and then retest and all of a sudden it's strong again hmm. so their body's showing us that it's like the neurological signal to go to work and those core muscles to activate and contract isn't getting there because it's getting blocked in a traffic jam at the jaw hmm. and so we dive deep into the metaphysics of that um, which is related to the emotional capacity as well, like oftentimes the jaw can carry anger, resentment, even revenge, and it's associated with our limbic system. Mm -hmm. And so it can also, uh, we notice, is it more right side or left side? And often with entrepreneurs, even females, it's oftentimes the right side jaw that's really mm -hmm. tight, stepping into the masculine a lot, a lot of the doing, and when that's out of balance, our body's a great representation of our subconscious and so it'll it'll manifest and show up in that way 
that becomes the traffic jam. So I teach them how to release their jaw. And then that creates a window of opportunity to rewire yeah. that message from the brain to those muscles. And I teach a bulletproof core technique that I, that's the best way I've found to activate those deep core muscles. And once those improve the neuromuscular efficiency, then all of a sudden they get off the table and they're like, what? I feel like mm -hmm. 10 times better and um, pain, you know, relief is amazing. And it's simply because we're restoring function back in the body. Mm -hmm. And then there's no need for the check engine light, the pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, Many times throughout the day, I tell myself, unclench your jaw, release the tongue, your tongue from the top of your mouth. Because so many, I, you know, when you actually check into that, you're not taking belly breaths and your jaw is clenched, you know, because you are storing whatever it is that you're processing. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm totally interested in that. And, um, you know, outside of this episode, we'll pick your brain on that more. I recently did new fit um, because I've had two C-sections. So, and as far as the muscle testing, um, you know, that we talked about with the fingers, um, I know a lot of people that I've talked to in the past have their like inner critic pop up right away when I tell that to them, mm -hmm. that you subconsciously are controlling the answers or it's a placebo effect, you know, whichever one, but I feel that the answer is still coming from somewhere. Even if you're controlling it, that's still the answer that your body's telling you. And I know for me, uh, at Boulder psychic Institute, they taught me to use like a gas gauge and that's, so instead of muscle testing, what I typically do is like, I see this gas gauge and I ask the question, how much does it serve me to sign up for this voice activation course? And if it, is all the way full, then I know that's a yes, you know, mm -hmm. and I can tell myself like, well, you just want to take the voice course, you know, um, yeah. but, uh, there's still something that's making that direct, you know, that gauge move. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to say, is this gluten filled cookie good for me? And then you'll try to just like make your mind, like get a strong signal <laughs> from it. But you know, there's when you get good at muscle testing, there's there's no denying it. And for those that have trouble with it, it's oftentimes because they're so stuck in the mind. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's doubt or they don't believe it works, then it usually won't for them. And that's what's yeah. interesting about beliefs is, uh, you know, if you believe in magic and you believe in miracles, then oftentimes you'll witness them. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes on a consistent basis. Um, and the opposite's true, like, you know, with a lot of, uh, help a lot of people with relationships and, and, um, finding their soulmates and, and if they, a common belief around that is like, ah, oh, there's just no good men or women in this city. There's no good conscious men, you know? And so if that is what they're vocalizing and that's a deep rooted belief, mm -hmm. then that that's is going to be their experience because the universe is just providing evidence of what they believe. And yeah. so it's really fascinating. Um, you know, I think one of the greatest skills as an evolving human being is the ability to identify beliefs that no mm -hmm. longer serve and have the ability to change those to, to mm -hmm. a greater truth. Yeah, I, I feel that the universe just says yes to whatever we're saying. So if we're saying that the, we're stating those beliefs, the universe is like, yes. But if we're stating those new beliefs of what we actually want to see happen and we're embodying the feeling behind it, then the universe is yes. And then 
that actually is what shows up. I think the other thing too, muscle testing and slowing, like asking yourself and trying to get out of the head, so much of it is slowing down. And that's like, we're making all these rushed decisions so much of the time. Um, I know with that voice activation course that I recently um, signed up for that I just brought up, I couldn't decide with how filled my schedule was. And, um, you know, I'm trying to not have too many cooks in the kitchen because that's something before I was always like, I have to take all the courses and I have to read all the books in order for me to do the work I want to do. And I've tried to really step back from that and believe that I have what I need. And so I was trying to decide if I would take it and I couldn't get a clear yes or no, even with the gauge. And so I went in meditation and asked my guide, Mary Magdalene, to, you know, come and give me an answer. And it was like a resounding screaming yes. And I was like, oh, well, it was so clear. I was like, I wonder why I had such a hard time reaching that answer. And she was like, because this is the first time you've slowed down to ask. Like you weren't slowing down to ask. You were just while you're showering, while you're cooking, while you're driving, while you're taking care of the kids, you were thinking about it then. So I think so much of what we hear um, and it being a clear response that we can trust has to do with slowing down, which is such a struggle. Absolutely. And oftentimes we get tons of signs to slow down to, whether you're getting pulled over, whether mm. you're like spilling your coffee or, you know, um, there's usually a lot of signs to slow down so that we can listen mm -hmm. and, and be more in tune and pay attention to the synchronicities and the messages. And um, it's often a, a very common coping mechanism as well. The, mm -hmm. the doing or the next program or the, you know, I always got to be, where's the next finish line, mm -hmm. right? And, and um, I think oftentimes when that is the coping mechanism to, to avoid something, it might be heavy emotions, it might be, um, you know, patterns that are not serving someone. And when they actually do slow down, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable because it's like these issues in your tissues, these trapped emotions that haven't been fully processed from the past begin to come to the surface and it can be really uncomfortable and overwhelming sometimes. And, um, and that's a lot of uh, what I teach and share and help people through in the, in the inner peace process is um, honoring and understanding so that we can learn from whatever it is that's in the way of our natural state of inner peace. Mm. And, and by doing that, um, it's like taking an inward hero's journey and there's mm. always lessons and blessings to discover, or we can keep choosing the consumption conditioning pattern or the coping mechanisms that the mind provides because it has tons of them that yeah. we've used either consciously or subconsciously to avoid things and mm -hmm. and yet whatever it is we're avoiding that resistance on the other end of that fear or self-doubt or um, whatever it is we're avoiding there's so much gold uh and to be discovered in that and some and deeper understandings of ourselves mm -hmm. and so um, just having the ability to lean into that and have the tools to connect the dots with the emotions, how they're connected to old beliefs um, mm -hmm. that that aren't serving us anymore, that keep mm -hmm. showing up in our reality as patterns, and 
that, that cause suffering, then um, it, it's profound the results and how fast people can shift their lives yeah. when we pull these weeds of old beliefs um, mm -hmm. that are wrapped up with the some of the heavy uncomfortable emotions in the body where they show up is always giving us clues mm -hmm. and then that connects us to when was the first time i experienced that feeling yeah. whether it's anger or sadness or grief and oftentimes that's when we get to the opportunity through this inner peace process is the easiest way I've found to connect with that younger version of ourselves that mm -hmm. just felt stuck in that because they didn't know how to process that experience fully. And so they didn't feel either safe, supported or loved or all three. And so we have the opportunity then once we've identified where that's coming from to connect with that version of us and, mm -hmm. and integrate them and like take their hand and show them everything we've created up till now and bring yeah. them back into the safety of our heart. And then we continue checking on them and they are in a state where that part of us feels integrated and, and safe again, then you know that the healing has worked because one, you'll notice you can literally witness as this energy metabolizes from your system Two you won't notice the same uh, negative patterns. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the things that used to trigger you or create a reaction or get upset about don't anymore. And that's when you know that um, you've done some deep level healing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd love to hear an example from your life on how that walked, you know. Um, sure. I know for me, and I, I think your your um, your work is probably really similar from the inner child work I do with people. But I know for me, I um, I have my wise woman now who's done the work that then goes and loves on that inner child. And so a, a, a big wound in love for me is abandonment. And if I'm having conflict with a partner and I feel like this could break us, you know, or uh, he needs space for even a few hours, I become this little girl at, I believe I was three years old that, you know, I was crying in a car and the person driving the car, the caregiver told me if I didn't stop crying, they were going to throw me out of the car. And I was three, I was having a right, you know, I was having a tantrum just like three-year-olds do. I didn't stop crying. And so they left, they took me out of the car, left me in this field. And I don't remember for how long, I honestly think I cried until I passed out, but it was a big dark field. And I remember genuinely feeling like I was going to die. That caregiver wasn't coming back for me. Either someone bad was going to get me or I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And I know now when I go through those feelings of abandonment, I become that little girl in the field that literally feels like I'm going to die. That person's not going to come back. Something bad is going to come or happen, you know, and it's all, uh, you know, there's been a huge growth process since I first realized where, what that first feeling of abandonment was. Um, but what the practice I did was having that wise woman come and love on that little girl, ask her what is, what is she needed. And every time that those feelings of abandonment came up, you know, practicing that similar routine with her it you know that shadow doesn't it hasn't completely disappeared but there's not the feeling of life or death you know there's I am I'm able to calm my nervous system now yeah that's beautiful thank you for sharing that mm. it's such similar paths you know mm. it was my uh four-year-old that experienced my parents divorce and my mom kneeling down the woman I love the most 
saying that she was leaving, not sure when we'd see her again next. You know, I remember so vividly as a four-year-old the the smell of her leather jacket, the the lipstick color she had on, and and um, <clears throat> trying to process that as a four-year-old. You know, I didn't know how to, and so these stories were created that oh, I'm not worthy of keeping love. You know, the woman I love the most just left me, and so um, subconsciously that was running throughout my life. So then fast forward college, I meet my college sweetheart, we fall in love and have this amazing relationship and then she ends up leaving me, right? And then, you know, I was heartbroken just to find out that it was actually my expectations that were broken and that led me back um, deeper into my heart. And then only to again, like my 30th birthday, fall in love with, um, another girlfriend and, and um, saw a future together. And then she ended up leaving me as well. So this pattern just kept showing up. That's how it can show up in our, in our experience. And that's like that story just rewriting itself with new characters because it's still planted. It's like a weed in the garden that until I went to the source of that, and got to connect with my four-year-old that felt abandoned and actually like as my current self helped him through that process and when i first checked on him he was like you know arms crossed didn't didn't want anything to do with me because he, he was pissed rightfully so you know he'd been mm -hmm. abandoned by me too because i hadn't checked on him in so long and little by little just kept letting him know i'm here to support him and checking in, see how he's doing, holding space for him. And eventually, you know, he was, we got to hug it out and share some tears. And, um, and then I remember one time I checked on him and he was so excited to share, like, come over here and see this amazing art that I created on this um, art table back in the day at that house. And it was so just like heartwarming to see mm. how excited he was now that he felt like integrated and I got to show him like everything we've created together up to this point and rescue him from that loop. And then like you mentioned, I get to also bring in my future self or higher self mm -hmm. and, and help um, bring in advice from, from that wise version of me too, to bring in new information, new truths. Yeah. Right. And after doing that work, I was able to, release old patterns and call in my queen and have like the most amazing relationship the most intimate relationship i've ever had mm. we got married had a baby bought a house here in austin and just like so many dreams came true after going to the source of that suffering releasing those old belief patterns bringing in new information healing mm. that part of me and now i've never felt more trust and more intimacy in a relationship before where i don't have to hide anything which mm -hmm. is like so refreshing so yeah mm -hmm. mm. and i know um i want to go into the other area that you work with people on but when it comes to this you know conquering anxiety and removing those subconscious blocks you know we were talking about when it comes to love but you also do this for people to manifest their dream life with ease. Um, I'm curious if it, if that is also inner child work or, or if that's their beliefs around money or how they watch their parents work or what that is. I know um, 
for me, I'm feeling a very strong pull to step away from my image-based income. Um, you know, I uh, for 16 years, all of my money has been off of image-based things. I was a ring girl. You know, I um, was not at the Playboy Mansion for years and published there, you know, a dozen times and then um, was in that whole industry. And then currently... Um, still have my OnlyFans because I, it's how I provide for my kids Montessori, which is one of the main things that I want to provide for them. So there's this pool to step away from that, even though that is um, fully providing and, and uh, can be considered a gift that I've been given, right? But I feel this pool to step in to just fully dedicate to just coaching and just do all inner work and heart work. Um, I would have to have a consistent amount of clients each month to make up for what I'm going to walk away from. And, you know, like Elizabeth Gilbert says in, in um, Big Magic, don't quit your day job, you know? So there's this like thing of like, it's not necessarily fear. It's just wanting to be responsible as a mother, um, you know? So I'm curious how, how you work with people when it comes to areas like that, where like my dream life would be, coaching people, having consistent amount of clients each month and not just so that I can provide, but because I want to change lives. I want, I want to help people remove their blocks. So I'm curious how this plays in that area. Yeah. And that's your why. That's the first part is that, mm -hmm. you know, you have more gifts to share. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we drop dive deep on first. So that you have this foundation of like, this is my motivation, my dharma, this is, these are gifts that are unique to you that you can either take to your grave or you can decide to put into action and get to help a lot of people with that. And that's super powerful choice mm -hmm. because that's an opportunity to use what I call fear as a friend, you know, because we have all these little fears, especially in entrepreneurship of like, putting ourselves out there, the self-doubter, the perfectionist, and all these parts of us that, that want us to play small, um, that's the ego that likes to stay where we've been before because it knows we can survive there. So same thing with my pattern of you know, um, past girlfriends that would leave me, and then I got to take ownership of, oh, wow, I was actually showing up and subconsciously pushing them away with these really immature ways. So once I took ownership of that, then we, I got to dial in my why and realize that there's a much greater fear than worrying about what people think about me or am I going to get enough clients or all, are all of these things going to work out? Those are minor fears compared to a much larger superseding fear of taking all these gifts, talents, passions, ideas to the grave and not getting to share them in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. That freaks me out. That's my biggest fear because that that would be, I picture myself on my deathbed and I don't wanna have any deathbed regrets. Mm -hmm. I wanna give the most and get the most out of this life because you know we're only here for so long. And so, you know, um, that's really where each person we dive in deep on, what's that why? first mm. and then we get to see what's in the way um what's again what are you avoiding what where's the resistance and then that brings up an emotional state that's usually uncomfortable mm. 
Mm-hmm. And in that, we take that, we dial in, go deeper into that emotion that's showing up. That's connected to shows wherever it shows up in your body is giving us information, right? Mm-hmm. If it's in sec in the belly, second chakra, that's like our creative womb. So where's that could be blocking our creativity. Um, if it's in the throat, tightness, restriction there, then it shows up there. It's like, oh wow, we're, where are we not expressing ourselves fully or um, getting vocalized our needs and our, our boundaries and such. So there's there's clues from the body of where this shows up. And that's what I help them understand. And as I guide them through this inner peace process, then though we connect the dots between those emotions that are showing up, the first time they experience that, and then um, realizing that there was a story created then. It's oftentimes, you know, I'm not worthy of love or unworthy of lots of money or success or afraid of things and these stories that are created as a younger version of ourselves to, to adapt to that. And then we develop these um, coping mechanisms and, and ways of adapting to that. You know, it might be, mm-hmm. we didn't get enough attention. So now we become like the class clown in, in mm-hmm. class or, you know, ways of, we find strategies to get our needs filled um, around that. But what's great about it is once we go to the root of that, and then supply that love, support, and safety by reparenting that version of ourselves. Once they feel integrated, you can literally witness as that energy begins to metabolize from your system. So then you're releasing trapped emotions that are no longer in harmony with the rest of your being. And, and as that happens, that then you bring in the new information and stepping more into your worthiness, um, recognizing that you are worthy of love in all the ways, then that's when radical shifts happen and a lot of dreams come true. Mm. I think it's just fascinating. Like you, you know, as you work through those hurdles, then you'll notice, um, you know, more people start showing up and leaning in and inquiring about um, the work you do. And, and then, um, you know, these initiations that you've been through, you can create your system for how to help them through that. Um, and yeah. I look at it as like, man, I learned the hard way. Um, I, I landed on almost all the landmines. <laughs> and so I get to teach now, condense it down into such a simplistic form that it's very easy to implement. And mm-hmm. that way they also get a take home version of it after they've experienced that level of healing so that they can use this for the rest of their life. And that way, every time you're met with an uncomfortable feeling or a trigger, you get to pause, slow down with your breath and notice, do I want to choose the old coping mechanisms? The mind will provide tons of them. Go to the fridge, stuff it. Go to go on Netflix, escape from it. Go on scrolling on uh, Facebook or Instagram to get a, a, a dopamine fix, you know, mm-hmm. anything but to fill this. Yeah. And so instead, you can take it through this process, this inner peace process, and discover how it's happening for you. And then connect the dots and which part of you needs some love, safety, and support in that moment. And as you provide that and honor that, make the shifts, then you're releasing this old stuck energy, aligning with your new energy, your greatest higher self. And mm-hmm. that makes it easier to step into these leadership roles to helping others to um, in deeper intimacy in your relationships um, creating more abundance in your lives and so 
it's like across the board the results vary in so many ways it's, mm -hmm. it's really uh, been amazing to witness and such a gift to get to share yeah it's truly life-changing because the um you know when you're working with people as a coach and you're you think like you know you're bettering their life but there's that ripple effect of you're bettering their wife's life their kids life and so it truly is such a such a wonderful um way of lighting up the world and i want to talk about the other things that you work with people on so the first one uh that i wanted to talk to you about was the laser focus method mm -hmm. yeah this was a a program i developed um that helped me get super clear on choosing creator consciousness over consumption conditioning so it's kind of the same um, every time we have an opportunity we can choose the old coping mechanisms or we can move through it and find out what's on the other end of the avoidance and so the laser focus method is uh is a very powerful method for just working smarter than harder so that you can create more time freedom which allows us to spend more time doing the things we love which activates our zone of genius and then in that it's really exciting because then you're more receptive to new ideas more mm -hmm. insights um you know connecting more to source and through that you can be a conduit and it's easier to share more of the gifts and it's a simple process that works much better than uh, the typical to-do lists that usually cause more um you know overwhelm and, and anxiety than than they do productivity and so yeah. this is a a really easy step-by-step -step process for creating you getting clear on your vision your north star where it is you're heading what it is you actually want and then how to cut through the distractions like a ninja so that you can channel your energy into that and results happen really fast when you implement and um, it's, it's really fun. That's an exciting one that um, we just turned into an evergreen. So um, right now offering that at a, a super low rate and um, it's a great like gateway or first initiation for people to just experience and implement and notice how fast they can see results. And it's great for people that um, have amazing ideas, gifts, talents, and passions that they haven't done anything with yet. And like it's, it's really a step-by-step -step process for making bringing those to life so that yeah. you can help others and that's what leads to long-term fulfillment it's just like you mentioned it's like by helping someone else share their gifts their talents and their passions with the world that helps others and inspires others and it creates this huge ripple effect all from just having the courage to share your gifts and, and yeah. to create instead of consume and is it does it also have a lot to do with like time management and conquering procrastination yep. it does so absolutely it's amazing for procrastinators okay <laughs> yeah yeah so, because it gamifies it so you can imagine like you know the typical thing is okay i have there's like 10 things on my to-do list and that just creates like more bandwidth used up in the mind even just mm -hmm. thinking about those things that haven't been done yet so instead this is the means of really honing in on what are the most important things and just two or three of them and it's a get to do list so you're changing your mm. whole frequency about it and then you have a, a not to do list which is helps you become very aware of all the distractions that are consuming 
your time, your energy. And that's, that's our most important asset really is our attention and our energy. And so when we're giving it to these distractions, then we're not moving the wheel forward on, on sharing what you, what it is you actually want to create. That creates a lot of uncomfortable feelings in our body. If we try not to share these gifts, boy, it can just eat us away from the inside out. And so this is a way of really just focusing in on that get to do list. And as you, prioritize it and crush a couple of things on there you build momentum and then you have an intrinsic reward system this is a really important part it's creating healthy celebrations i call it Mm. and this is different than like all right i crushed my get to do list now we're going to go out for tequila and celebrate and stuff you know there's a time and a place for that but this is much um, more self-rewarding because it's coming from tapping into your natural pharmacy and this is creating healthy celebrations and they can be yin or yang. And it's, you know, uh, maybe cool. I'm, I just crushed these tasks. Now I get to celebrate. I have lots of energy because I was super productive. So then you do put on your favorite song and enjoy a dance, you know, and you're activating mm-hmm. and releasing some of those feel good hormones and neurotransmitters, dopamine and, and, um, and uh, serotonin and oxytocin that we usually seek to get from sugar or foods or externally, right? Mm -hmm. So instead you're self-sourcing that and it creates this new um, system of self-rewarding and that rewires the brain so you can build massive momentum towards um, what it is you want to create along the way and enjoy the journey more and gamify it. Mm. What do you think is behind those who are okay with procrastinating because they feel they work better under pressure. So they actually like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, Oh, that was me in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I thought high school was a joke. I didn't really resonate with what they were teaching most of the time. So mm-hmm. I would just wait till the last minute and then cram to memorize a bunch of crap. And then, and some people genuinely then, feel they work better that way. Yeah. Sure. And if you've trained that way, then that might be the case. But what's cool is that imagine taking that level of focus, like that example of high school, you're, uh, you're taking a final exam in college or high school, right? Remember how focused you are in that hour? There's a lot on the line, right? Your grades, which in considered in society are like really important for your status and, you know, accomplishing your goals. So we put a lot of cloud on that. And so for that one hour of finals, that test, super focused, right? And so imagine taking that level of focus and then relieving the pressure about it and instead gamifying it so it can actually make it more fun. And this is what we do with, um, you set a timer and you literally give yourself, okay, I can crush this task out in 35 minutes. Mm. Right. And it's usually not over 45 minutes because oftentimes over 45 or an hour, our brain starts um, succumbing to distractions much easier. And and so you have this task that you get to gamify in the next 35 minutes to crush it as fast as you can. Do not disturb cutting out all the distractions you know of and you're aware of now. And you're focusing just like you did on that finals test. But now you have an awesome intrinsic reward that you get on the other end of that with your healthy celebration 
that rewires that neural connection, making it more motivating and more fun to continue down that path of creating more. And as mm -hmm. you're creating more than you're consuming, you're working towards long-term fulfillment, which mm -hmm. is just like so much more natural happiness <laughs> as opposed to short-term gratification from the coping mechanisms and the things we're reaching for that that keep the tell our tell our comfort zone becomes very uncomfortable eventually mm -hmm. yeah I, I like the term gamifying it because <laughs> it does it makes it sound fun and you've brought up a couple of times creating more than we consume so maybe we can go into that and what what that actually looks like yep so in our society we have been conditioned over and over to consume you're sick there's a you need a pill for that you're you know you want to um, optimize your fitness oh you got to take this right and and so there's so much marketing out there and and it's like people this marketing is almost like just preying on people's brainwashed conditioning to need to consume externally and so what i help remind people is that you are your own greatest healer and i'm i'm a great guide on that journey to help you remembering that so that you can self-source and tap into your natural pharmacy instead of relying on all these external things even information i mean in the the era of information overload it's like there's so many people addicted to you know i just gotta study it more or research more or watch 10 more youtube videos and i'll figure it out and that's all heady imagine mm -hmm. being able to take the elevator ride from where problems are created in the mind down to where solutions are available in the heart space and in the intelligence of your body taking that elevator ride all of a sudden the difference is usually like up here we're all about like ah, what can i get out of this you know i need to make sure this works so i can pay my bills and stressful and scarcity and all that type of thoughts up here and just massive problems because the mind's always trying to create problems and solve them and just like einstein said you cannot solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that it was created mm. so dropping into the intelligence of your body and into this heart space the difference is what's in it for me take the elevator ride and all of a sudden look at everything i have to give look at everything i have to offer mm. look at all these gifts i've been given that i get to share right and then from that space it's so much easier to create win-win-win situations because this is always centered on the foundation of building something that's in the greatest and highest good for all and so corporations that aren't built on that foundation we, we know many of them they're slowly crumbling because as people give them less of our attention our energy and our money then they will no longer survive and what's really exciting about that is that as we build and create you know even a, a form of governance that is based on equality and leadership with equality and where we get to hold counsel and create solutions that are in the best and highest greatest good for all including mother earth then it's just a matter of time before just like you see in nature when there's you know a flock of birds you think the first bird is the leader but it's actually the 51 percentile of those birds decide yep we're gonna go left 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go right. And you see it really rapidly with schools of fish, which is really cool to witness because they're almost like one giant, you know, unit. They're all so synced up and they're making those moves based on the 51 percentile. So as 51% of the population begins to realize that where they've been putting their focus, attention, and energy mm-hmm. isn't the best system, then they can take it on to what is, what we're co-creating, and boom, those corporations that are built on greed, not the best interest of our health and our well-being, begin mm-hmm. to crumble at a more rapid pace, and then um, we get to roll out more of the golden age and co-create, you know, what is in the greatest and highest good for all. So that any businessman or anybody creating anything, always keeping in heart, how does this serve? How is it a win-win-win for everybody involved? Mm-hmm. And that's operating from the heart space, which is much different from where problems are created in the mind. Yeah. Is that basically what creator consciousness is? Yep. So every time you get a choice, like if you're feeling something uncomfortable, I can choose the coping mechanisms to consume something externally. Uh, my mind doesn't like this feeling in my gut. What, what can I do for this? Pepto-Bismo, uh, escape from it, scroll, whatever, all the amazing you know, gauntlet of band-aids that the mind provides. Or you can choose to move through that resistance, apply the laser focus method, take some of these ideas you have, and implement them and take steps forward in that, which leads to that long-term fulfillment. And then you're stepping into creator consciousness. And Mm -hmm. it might even be create a fun experience in that moment. That's creating, you know, like it could be um, picking up a guitar and, and playing some music, you know, that's entering your flow state. That's creating, that's choosing to create something instead of consume. And this is a huge problem in our society. And the more awareness we bring to it and provide solutions for people um, just simply by showing them a better way, (laughs) you know, as we keep creating more cool stuff and co-creating so much. And, you know, in Austin, there's like so many epic souls that are just called to this space right now. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I think it's partly because the magic, the water that flows through the city is just this spring water that just brings so much life and thriving with uh, mother nature the the greens are greener here and that there's areas here in texas that feel like i'm in costa rica and i'm just like blown away in awe and so it attracts this amazing souls um, visionaries leaders and entrepreneurs that are doing big things and we get to co-create a new way of doing things that are better than the systems that weren't built on that foundation of what's in the highest, greatest good for all. So it's a really exciting time to be alive right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I want to go into vacation vibration with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you just talked about Austin, I, when I first moved to Austin in my early twenties, there was only 480,000 people and there was only one high rise. My rent on sixth street was 775. It was a completely different city. Um, I moved to LA, came back when I got pregnant. And, you know, when that relationship ended, the only reason why I didn't go back to LA is because a lot of what I loved about LA had started to come here. Um, but one of the sayings uh, that Sufjan Stevens said at a concert, he said, I love Austin. It's where young people go to retire. 
And so <laughs> I wanted to go into um, vacation vibration with you because it does, I feel like Austin does radiate that. Absolutely. You know, everybody's experienced this vacation vibration. It's that feeling you get when even when you go decide that you're going to just book a trip to Hawaii or to Greece or mm -hmm. Thailand or all these places that your soul has wanted to explore. And as soon as you even book it, it's like this electricity of like, I'm going to be in Hawaii and like yeah. your days get easier. You know, it's like, cause you have this thing to look forward to this novelty, right? Like our souls crave novelty. And so, and then you go on the trip. And it's like so expansive. You get to dive into new cultures. It it brings out the best in us. This these novel experiences. It's like we're more present. We're taking in more um, receptivity. Getting to meet more people. We're usually more, uh, you know, apt to meet some of the locals and and understand how they live their lives. So it activates this. Um, you know, I call it our higher selves when we're on vacation. And so I love to travel and I used to keep my bills really low so I could just have the freedom yeah. to travel the world and go to like 14 different countries in a couple of years and mm -hmm. had so much fun with that and realized like how come I'm not always living this like I can mm -hmm. take this feeling and use the power of intention to incorporate it more into my daily life and add more mm -hmm. novelty even in the most mundane um, simple places that you might go to the same cafe every day, mm -hmm. right? That um, you could just go in and practice Groundhog Day, order the same thing, say, hey, how you doing? And grab your drink and leave. No big deal. Same pattern, right? Or before you step in, you can use the power of intention and say, you know, I want to um, see everyone through the eyes of divinity. Mm. In this cafe, in for the rest of my day, right? It's like seeing with eyes of love, so mm -hmm. unconditional love. You just see the greatness in everyone with an intention like that, and then you're more present. Mm -hmm. You ask the barista how she's doing. You actually are very present and listen. And in that, that develops like creates cultivates an amazing conversation. Oftentimes, and so then maybe other people join in. You're making new friends, creating a new experience, um, deeper conversations than just small talk, much more concerned yeah. with talk. And, and, um, and if anything, what I found is you get a lot of free stuff. If <laughs> you like, get coffees on me today, <laughs> like throwing a muffin and all these things. And um, so that mm. really catalyzed um, this way of living, vacation vibration, and, and really enjoying the power of intention. So mm -hmm. intention, living with intention is creating a life by design. So even these small intentions that we make before we enter a building like a hospital or the DMV, the closest place to hell, another great example. You know, I went there and I could have easily walked in without setting intention and just succumbed to like the zombies in there and everybody's like mm -hmm. super low vibration. It's this government building that you just sit there and wait and waste time at, right? Wait with your number. Not me set my intention i'm gonna have as much fun as possible in the dmv and and make some people smile and laugh share some smiles for miles and so i walk in i'm like get my number i'm you know did a meditation i'm doing some yoga poses and 
you know, some people are laughing at me and others are starting conversations. And, um, and then I ended up meeting a lot of really cool people and even made some of the DMV workers there laugh and smile. I ended up making like eight people laugh at the DMV. We had a mm. party. And <laughs> if you can go into the closest place to hell with some vacation vibration and start a party, then it's possible anywhere, you know, yeah. just with the power of intention. Yeah. If I could live with the feeling of magic that I feel in Bali or in Pai, Thailand, I, I, <laughs> it would be life-changing. Um, yep. Just because of the, um, the feeling that I had while I was there. So I would love to um, implement this practice. And I think it, it comes down to so much of what you were saying, seeing with divinity, if we can see everybody in front of us as God, you know, would we, how would we treat them? You know, right. um, judge would, so much. Yeah. Right. And I think something for me as a woman that some listeners may be able to relate to is I feel I used to live that way. And then I started to, it, it, it's not a hardening, but I started to, um, being nervous that I was too much of an invitation. And so I started to not make eye contact, not smile at the men. You know, I started to, f to feel like I needed to be careful. Um, and so I want to find the balance there, you know, and um, uh, I know that other mothers, especially when they're with their children, they do that same thing. They put the guard up They're you know, they're in and out. They're making sure to be careful. And, um, there's the part that's like sad that that's the world that we sometimes live in. And then there's the part of what we talked about earlier of the universe saying yes to what you're looking for and what you're um, choosing to see the world as. And, um, you know, my best friend, Tom Shadiak, he, he also says um, to see everybody as God in drag, but anywhere I've been with him, whether it's a restaurant, a grocery store, he truly makes everybody's day. Like he, if we have a waitress, he finds out a lot about them, you know, and, and it makes their day. It makes them feel seen and, and it makes them feel more enoughness. And if that's how, if that's what we're putting out into the world, that's a healing place. Even for those who aren't in the healing arts or in the coaching business, them loving like that is healing the world. And, and if we can all feel more enoughness then that feeling that I was saying us, a lot of us mothers are nervous about that goes away because we're all coming from a more healed place. Um, what was I going to say that Tom, Tom Shadiak, uh, um, Oh, he always says you see the world as you are, not as it is. Yep. So that's another thing that I, I feel is really applicable there. Um, pivoting a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about the three pillars of communication. Um, I've heard you talk about that and so much of my communication, I think that I struggle in is not taking things personal, you know, the four agreements. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd love to go into that with you, the three pillars that I've heard you talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a great um, take home tool to implement for the viewers. And it's something so simple, yet the more you practice it, the better it gets. And it's super healing for mankind and, mm -hmm. and for women kind. Um, the first pillar this is up-leveling communication. And the first one is just simply seeking to understand before the need to, un to be understood. So really, when you're listening, like, notice when the thoughts are like, 
oh, that happened to me too, and I want to interrupt and share my story, or oh, I'm that's not that truth doesn't resonate with me, so I'm not I don't really buy this. Or just noticing those thoughts that get in the way of the full presence of actually understanding this person and where they're coming from and how they came to this conclusion and what they're sharing. And so that is a practice in itself. And when you get good at that, you can really um, show up with a level of presence that's um, super healing. And then the second one is radical acceptance. So just even if this person has the furthest truth from you, you know, they're like um, mask wearing and the world is completely unsafe and, you know, there's um, the worst things ever are going to happen. That is to be able to accept that fully, that that is the shoes they have walked in to come to that conclusion, to that experience. Yeah. And really understand that is is really powerful. And, yeah. and then the third one is offering compassion. It's like just sending unconditional love for that journey that has led them to this expression and appreciating, even if it's so far from your truth, their perspective, because it adds diversity. And the opposite would be terrible if we were all just like, no, we have to think one way and we all have to agree on this and um, there's no other way. And it would be like the most boring existence ever, right? So mm-hmm. we can actually find a way to appreciate the diversity that each perspective adds, even if it's so far from our truth. And in doing that, <clears throat> that compassion allows them to be seen, heard, and felt. And even if you don't have to come to an agreement, um, that can be super healing in itself. It's like sacred space holding one-on-one. Yeah. And, um, those, this is stuff we can practice in our relationships um, and, you know, with strangers. And there's always opportunities to practice those three pillars. And it allows for some, some massive healing and understanding of one another, especially when you put on your glasses, your eyes of divinity and get to see the greatness in everyone and everything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's something, you know, that well, you talked about the mask wearing and, you know, the, there's so much polarity in politics and the vaccines and um, all of that. Um, I feel like I've always been really good at applying those pillars in those situations. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've noticed that like I have a lot of empathy for strangers, mm-hmm. but where I need to practice it is in my home, is with my partner, with my children. Um, and so what I realized in a ceremony recently was that like, I'm so good at that and having empathy with strangers because it's not like in my space, you know? Mm-hmm. like. So you talked about holding space with my partner and with kids, it requires like holding space and it, it's very real. You know, I can't, um, it's, it's not a temporary thing. It's not something I can just walk away from when the conversation's over, you know? Right. Um, so that's an area that I really want to implement it. And I know speaking of my partner, what drew me to my partner was how much of a calming soul he is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know you know him. You guys work out together and have men group together. And I am so thankful for you and the men that hold space for him because um, 
honestly, like when we first started getting together, uh, he wasn't so much on the growth path. I mean, we always are, but he wasn't so much on it and he didn't have that male community. And I feel like women play so much a role of the permission slip for the men, you know, and a lot of um, male coaches I've interviewed have said like, a lot of men find me because their their wives like ask them to, you know, they send me send their my info to them. Um, but I, you know, I've known Neil for a while, and uh, when he did get into that men's group and start working out with you guys, I noticed so many father wounds healed, and also though all of that stuff that I was like trying to introduce to him before. It was so different when he saw other men doing it. Wait, because then it's like when other men are doing it, it feels like, oh, I can do this too. You know, that alone is really healing. But I, I joke that when he joined the men's group, I got a new boyfriend because <laughs> it was like he, it was, you know, first of all, there was so much he got from you guys that he can't get from me. And there's so much that I got from him that I couldn't get if he wasn't they're receiving from you guys and there's many times that he would leave men's group and say and i just wish that all men could experience this because it's so I, I feel on cloud nine so i'm just i'm so thankful for the um space you guys hold for other men and but going back to the calming spirit that he is and how i was so drawn to that you know when we first started dating people were telling me that they'd never seen me so calm in a relationship before and that's been so grounding for me so he's he's given to me so much and i notice that same energy in you i've only been around you a few times but you guys have that same calming grounding presence so i'd love to talk about where you receive that calmness from and how you cultivate it and um you know go into how you maintain that in your parenting as well because i know you're a new father um slightly new and that's where I need, again, that's where I need to cultivate it because having a little one where they wake up, you know, very early, um, you know, they have the tantrums, all of, all of that. So I'd love to hear about how you maintain it in moments like that and how you cultivate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, first off, uh, Tom says hello. We just worked out together okay. with like a <laughs> minute on it. It was epic. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's he's such an incredible man. It's been so amazing to to witness, be a part of this journey, and and um, we're all showing, we're all reminding each other what's possible, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why the these type of men's groups can be so healing, and women's groups. You guys have known for some time, you know. And yeah. um, and so you know, <clears throat> from that, um, it's taking what we learn, those lessons and blessings, and then always having opportunities to embody that. And mm -hmm. so for me, it's been just this deep recognition that um, as a family man, as a father, just recognizing that presence, full presence is the greatest gift that we can mm -hmm. give ourselves and our loved ones. And so this is how we record these vivid memories together in like full HD so that we can cherish these memories for a lifetime and beyond. And so by being fully present and making those memories together. And so that that is typically my intention. And then when I get hit with triggers and um, any uncomfortable feelings, um, then that's an opportunity for me to take my own medicine. I go through my inner peace 
process and I get to uncover how it's happening for me. And I think that's a really big key is that even the most uncomfortable feelings, the biggest triggers, having a deep understanding that it's happening for us to allow for something to release that's no longer in congruence with our being, um, it's no longer in harmony, and by taking that journey of self-discovery, instead of consuming and escaping it and avoiding, then every time there's something to gain there and mm -hmm. there's some lessons and blessings. And then as we begin to share those, it opens up more intimacy with our loved ones, right? And just mm -hmm. had a huge revelation about myself from experiencing anger, you know, and I take it through this process so that I'm not allowing it to be, um, you know, out aimed at my loved ones you know like if, I, if someone's trying to repress anger then it'll usually come out as like impatient it's um you know it's like a volcano wanting to boil over and it ends up being projected on others it's usually the ones you love and so instead it's like deal with that deal with the emotion first have a process to take it through that you can understand those lessons and blessings and how it's happening for you and able to release the the trapped emotions and then process that so that you can be fully present again and every time there's an uncomfortable feeling it's like taking an inner hero's journey to discover how it's happening for me and then have something to gain and share from it that allows for deeper intimacy and for me intimacy is like you know into me you see and so mm -hmm. it's like opening up hard space and sharing vulnerability and what's what's actually true so that we can understand each other even better you know and, and uh, so every level of commitment every level of um you know conflict has always allowed us to come to even a deeper foundational love for one another and mm -hmm. love making and, and being able to alchemize and having tools to alchemize those heavy feelings and emotions is so profound and it's allowed me to come back to my natural state of inner peace and calm and excitement and joy and pleasure. And, and, um, and, and so now at the point where when I get triggered, I'm almost like excited, I'm like, leaning in like wow this person was able to make me angry this is wow, interesting. i would love to get you know, there cool what do i get to what treasure chest lies on the other end of this for me to discover you know and so that is just a total shift that mm -hmm. um, i've been able to come to is my belief that serves me really well because i don't i look at all those challenges as growth opportunities and then it allows me if i go into the depths of whether it's grief for loss or anger or um, frustration by going to the depths of that it allows me to also experience new levels of joy and new levels of pleasure and bliss on the other end and so it's always worth it i love that i and you you brought up you know presence and the calmness i I know a lot of people that are very calm, but they're not present. And you that might be why they're so calm, because they're in their nothing box, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. You really do embody both. And um, I notice a difference in me that before, you know, like my best friend, Tom Shadiak, he's very present. And you do this as well. Like when you're speaking, 
when someone's speaking with you, there's not something else on your mind. Like you're engaged, you know, you're not thinking about what you're going to say. You're not thinking about where you're going to go. Uh, you know, I've watched you at at a few parties and, um, I wasn't, because I knew I was going to interview you, I was observing you, (laughs) but, uh, I noticed that in the past, someone that was that present and that engaged, it would make me feel a bit nervous. Um, and now I love the invitation, you know? Um, so I love that. And I want, you know, I brought up, you know, when it comes to this as a parent, I wanted to also talk to you about what you feel the conscious duties are that come with the role of the father. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of them. I mean, one of the biggest lessons and blessings I've gained through the initiation of fatherhood, um, my highest honor that I've experienced yet, you know, there's nothing quite like a love for a father and daughter and just to be mm-hmm. able to care for this beautiful being that's um, such a great teacher you know, she inspires me all the time. She inspires me um, more than ever to continue taking my own medicine, to continue taking my inner peace process so that I can reveal and heal any other generational wounds that have been carried on for so long Mm -hmm. that get to end here. Mm -hmm. Now it's an opportunity for me to heal it so that she doesn't have to carry on those old patterns, those negative beliefs and that BS any longer. And so it's really exciting to imagine what's possible with mm-hmm. that level of deep inner healing so that those generational wounds don't have to continue forth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what's possible with these young little beings and all-stars that, uh, you know, can just flourish without having to deal with all the same 3D debris that we have, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that man, that's so good. That's something I feel very strongly with my children as well. And um, knowing also that they're, you know, just like you said, we're curse breakers, knowing also that they're curse breakers and that um, it's going to continue with them, you know, and how exciting that is and how us being their parents gives them all the tools they need for their own healing because we're doing the work, you know, and that's, that's so, um, such important work, more important than anything else we've talked about, but it all goes hand in hand. Um, I know a part of your story has had to do with healing the anger that you were carrying around inside your body. And I wanted to talk about how you did that. I know it was another hospital visit, um, that you, um, you know, had that, that specific, um, work, but I know you really had to feel it to heal it basically. So, um, I wanted to hear about that and then what you learned from your anger. Yeah. Oh, so many things. I mean, it's, it's a long story and quite a journey with anger, but, uh, the the short version is I lost my mom when I was 10. Um, she took her own life. And so that was a really powerful initiation with grief and Mm. coming to terms with, um, again, loss and abandonment and, and questioning everything. And, and, um, and so one of the, you know, I remember sitting at her funeral next to my brother and trying not to cry 
at my own mom's funeral because of some beliefs I picked up that, you know, we're guys, so we shouldn't show weakness and crying is for babies and all this stuff that we pick up from, you know, examples somewhere. And, and so this was this deep, you know, underlying anger is often sadness. So there was this deep sadness, grief, and um, anger that was repressed because I didn't know how to deal with it then. And so um, as I've gotten, you know, it took me, again, learning the hard way to develop the emotional intelligence to, um, to figure out the root of that. And a lot of it was, you know, high school to college. Um, I was living vacation vibration then, but life of the party, always having fun, um, dancing, and, and, and that would challenge often a group of men and they would come up and start crap with me. And so I had a lot of pride then and that usually the pattern was I'd take the first punch and give the last nine or 10 and then get the hell out of Dodge before the cops show up. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing this destructive pattern um, over and over, you know, year after year was uh, disturbing for me because it, it, I didn't want to continue down the path. And it took, you know, a college weekend night out when, you know, drank too much and um, got confronted again at a party by, a number of men I was outnumbered and um, you know we exchanged some words and and uh, I walked out and ended up getting kicked or pushed in the back down a flight of cement stairs and ended up in the hospital and so that was a, a profound awakening for me as well um, you know I had stitches on my chin and like some chipped teeth and it was just like super um, powerful initiation of having to lay there in the hospital with these feelings of anger. I was like, it was like forcing me to feel this mm-hmm. anger and resentment and, and wanting revenge even, you know? And so um, that was when it actually started clicking as I was finally processing some anger that um, I was harboring this anger from losing my mom and every time I go to parties and drink alcohol it mm-hmm. begin to come to the surface and anyone else that was uh, harboring or repressing anger would you know the law of attraction and then sparks would fly and so this was an opportunity that awareness for me to begin improving my relationship with anger and mm-hmm. I actually began channeling it into constructive things such as boxing and um, working out and and really allowing myself to feel that anger and that helped me tap into more sadness and was able to find my tears again years later. And, and so that was kind of the, the journey of my emotional intelligence. And in that, um, I found tons of lessons and blessings. Like I love my anger. It's like this mm. primal fire kind of volcano energy that comes up to show me where I have been not clear on my boundaries, where I've been not up to my standards, where I've been um, allowing myself, you know, to get out of line and it's a catalyst for change. Yeah. So recognizing that, learning that lesson allows me to deal with that energy much in a much more constructive way Mm. and um, tons of lessons and blessings from that. Um, You know, I could go on and on with that one, but um, ultimately, it's a great one for any time 
that I was pointing the finger and like this person pissed me off. I recognize that, wow, there's these three fingers that are still pointing back at me as mm -hmm. to where the source of that is coming from. Mm -hmm. And that helped inspired me to create the inner peace process. And yeah. as I began journaling about that, recognizing that, wow, wherever I was placing blame, I was pointing my finger to where I'm giving my power away. Yeah. And when I start writing about it and understand the lessons of the blessing, I realize, oh, I was just angry because I didn't communicate my needs very well. Of course, how am I mm -hmm. supposed to expect that person to just show up that way? You know, or I didn't declare my boundaries in that and I got walked all over, of course. So these are many of the lessons and blessings that can come from anger. Yeah. And then there's really powerful ways to channel that energy into something constructive. And that's alchemy at its finest. Yeah. Thank you for your openness and sharing all of that. I, um, for majority of my life, wasn't allowed to feel anger. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden when I started, you know, um, plant medicine work and uh, all of the inner work, that's of course what wanted to come out. That's what wanted to be expressed because I never allowed it. Sure. Um, and now my work is really um, through that was learning, you know, clean anger um, and alchemizing it the way that you said. Um, but I'm really thankful for that story. So there's a few short questions that I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. First, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? If I could hug my younger self, mm -hmm. what was the question? Yeah. If I could if hug my could, younger self? If you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, just, I hug my younger self often. So mm -hmm. I would say this life just keeps getting better. Mm. I love that. So hopeful. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Mm. Well, I'm going to give two. Um, for those okay. that are entrepreneur-minded, uh, mm -hmm. The Better Business Book. That's the, the first book I co-authored. And um, there's a chapter in there called Vacation Vibration. <laughs> okay. It's the first edition. Um, there's been many since. And it is a wealth of knowledge. It's a, a hundred different entrepreneurs that all give our golden nuggets in, mm. in business in one book instead of having a hundred books. You got to read through all the pages to get to the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, that actually was inspired by Vacation Vibration um, on a trip to um, Sweden. So, awesome. And then the second one is uh, just a book that I gift all of my soul clients. It's called uh, Michael Singer's um, Untethered Soul. Yeah. It's just an incredible book for... Um, self-realization mm -hmm. so good i love that one mm -hmm. that's actually the the most common answer to this question is untethered soul so that says something nice. if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet what would it be you are loved so deeply yeah awesome and for people who want to work with you or follow you how can they find you online yeah, so it's easy to connect via Instagram, charlesclay.coach. 
Um, you can find me on Facebook. Feel free to shoot a DM if any of this resonates with you. I love connecting my followers. And um, yeah, we have lots of exciting stuff coming up, including um, my beloved and I, my queen are creating. Our next course is going to be um, Magnetizing Your Soulmate, which is mm. really fun. The same type of practices that both of us happen to be using some esoteric tantric practices to call each other in and um and so we're getting to share those in the course and it's really fun and exciting and um that's amazing and because the world needs more love and so yeah. we're we've been inspired and already got to help a lot of people um calling their soulmates so that's fun so if any of that the inner peace process the laser focus method resonates with you just shoot me a dm um any questions i'm happy to connect and um and then my website's also charlesclay.coach um, and I'm happy to reach out. Mm, and that's actually wonderful. one of the pieces of advice I would give to my younger version is have the courage to ask for help when you mm. need it. Because I tried playing the lone wolf for so long and it's just a, a long struggle of um, slower evolution that way. There's um, so many puzzle pieces and resources for to to help people so um don't be afraid to reach out for help and yeah even if it's not with me there's tons of resources so mm. yeah that's very important very important especially for men that's very mm -hmm. very helpful um you no, see right. all the means of men don't want to ask for directions like the old right. you know in the olden yeah. days with google Lots map pride. <laughs> um, yeah so uh, before I let you go, I wanted to see if you could lead us through a two to three minute expansion breath. Maybe, um, probably most of us, I know I hadn't heard of what that was. So maybe you can say what it is and then if you can lead us through and that'll be at the end of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this is a very relaxive breath and, you know, our souls seek expansion so it's an amazing breath to really connect with uh, your deep soul and a higher power as well so really simply um, often when we tell people to take a deep breath we often see like the shoulders raise or, or the belly extend like buddha but this is an opportunity to <clears throat> expand in every direction with your breath it's to make sure that each and every cell of your entire being is is getting this life force energy this prana and so um you can just put your fingers on your side body and your rib cage and those are just there for feedback and then take a nice easy four second inhale through the nose and expand your side body just notice how you can expand your whole side body and then exhale for four Good. Once you feel that, and then take your thumbs, put them in the small of your low back, right above your hips and right below your ribs. And they're, again, they're just there for feedback. Now imagine and feel breathing to your entire backside. See if you can push your thumbs out with the power of your breath. So inhale for four. Expanding to your backside, then exhale. Let's do one more there. That, that can be a little trickier. Inhale, expand to your backside, to your thumbs. And then exhale, release. And last but not least, relax your arms. Now imagine the epicenter of your breath is right beneath your navel. 
And now you know you can breathe in every direction so it's like a balloon. And we can do a four second inhale and an eight second exhale. This will help calm the nervous system, come back to inner peace. So let's do three rounds together. Inhale for four, three, two, one, just feeling that expansion, and then exhaling for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Again, inhale like a balloon from your belly out. Exhaling for eight count. All the way to empty like a release valve. Last one, invite in some pleasure and your intention as you expand like a balloon. Allow that oxygen, that life force, that intention to go all the way to your hair follicles, down your toenails, and then exhale into calm, relaxation. And here we are. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, this has been great. Great questions. Yeah. You're an amazing host and interviewer, and uh, it's such a pleasure to get to dive in with you. Thank you so much. And I think this will definitely reach the hearts of a lot of people. So yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. It was a I am. Uh, you said I asked good questions, but it was you gave good answers. So <laughs> it was a really good episode. Thanks to you. Awesome. Thanks you. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to help share and, and uh, help you expand the reach too so yeah that'd be amazing thank you so much i really really enjoyed this conversation you guys i know it was a long one i think the part that resonated most with me was the part around anger i often don't if you ask me or ask anyone else they probably wouldn't describe me as an angry person uh, but i know that i have a lot of um, maybe repressed anger that I'm still working through and uh, releasing in a, in a clean way um, in my own practices because it's so true that when you don't release that, especially when it's like stored and it's old, when you don't release it, it comes out in all of these little ways of just being on edge, of being impatient, of just feeling... Um, not like yourself, you know, so uh, that was the part that really resonated with me. And um, yeah, I, I love working with Kali on that very carefully. But uh, I she's great for that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. Don't forget about our live event on the 28th from 630 to 930 at Third Eye Meditation Lounge. It would mean so much to me. If you would leave a review, if you haven't already, or share an episode with a friend, you can also join me on Instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.